with Ed Easton. Once again, it's Soundcast FM. Happy Monday, everybody. Another Monday, another nice day here in Brooklyn, New York. A lot going on in the world of sports, obviously, as always, from this past weekend. Had your good moments, had your scary moments. And the funny thing is, I was only talking about WWE at that point. Uh, As you guys may have witnessed or heard, I should say, I am a WWE fan. Last night was their payback pay-per-view or special at this point, because I think nobody really buys the pay-per-view. They kind of just get the network. And uh, we saw a pretty disturbing sight. Uh, It was a nasty fall from uh, Enzo Amari, part of the tag team, you know, Enzo and Cass made their pay-per-view or WWE special debut. And uh, it was just a, it was a nasty injury. And, you know, it's uh, one of those things that people always talk about. Oh, wrestling's fake. Wrestling's this, that. Yes, the storylines may be fake and scripted. You know, some some maybe some outcomes. But the actual physical activity, I mean, let's, it's real. And uh, we definitely saw wh- what happens with things don't go as the plan and there's a botch and something goes wrong i'm gonna chime we're gonna talk to uh dr black who's actually gonna he's gonna earn his doctor license on today's show as we uh figure out what happened with uh enzo mari as well as just the entire card itself so uh we'll check with him uh, a little bit later also the nba playoffs well underway some interesting blowouts in the game seven. I mean, you talk about the Miami Heat game and the Charlotte Hornets. Just a weird, uh, a weird showing from Charlotte. I expect a lot more for a team that you know they looked they looked pretty good in the series, but for them to struggle the way they did against the Miami Heat team, I I don't know what to think of them going forward. The other game seven ended pretty uh, handedly with. Uh, the Toronto Raptors and uh, Indiana Pacers. Raptors were able to wrap it up and finally win a first-round playoff series. It just sounds so weird to hear that the Raptors actually got the job done. But they did. So now they're going to move on in the uh, playoffs as well. And I do believe they play Miami next round because Atlanta's going to be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Both should be interesting matchups. Looking at the other big news, and for anyone else living under a rock, the NFL draft wrapped up. Some interesting choices, I have to say. Especially if you're a Giants fan. Eli Apple. Is he really the guy? Like, Eli Apple, is he really worth a number 10 pick? That's going to be the biggest discussion going forward. I like him as a player. I just don't think he's the guy that gets that, you know, that um that number 10. I don't think he's that high in my my rankings. And once again, this is just my opinion. In regards to how they're going to um essentially shake things up in sense of the Giants defense going through this big overhaul and uh, you know, changing up the way they're going to attack. They've 
done a lot of signings. Uh, I've spent over $100 million already. But I don't think they really addressed the linebacker position to the fullest degree. Like, I really expect them to get a top-flight linebacker in this draft. That was my first expectation. Now, don't get me wrong. Eli Apple is going to be a good corner. I feel like he's going to be a really good corner in this league. I just, when you see the other players that were on the board, you had to, you know, wonder, why not? I like what Jacksonville did a lot. And uh, like I said, we're going to break down each conference. Uh, I'm going to have Claude Roche talk about the AFC, because obviously he's a big Jets fan. And uh, Stan Talouise, he's going to talk about the NFC, him being a Giants fan. So we're going to get broad spectrums of both conferences in terms of how they did during the NFL draft. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, breakdown, because when you look at the top picks... Obviously, the two quarterbacks went, and uh, it just happened to be uh, Goff, who's got the uh, lucky number one slot, if you want to call it that. He's going to be going to L.A. He's going to Hollywood. He's going to the Rams to probably start or battle with Nick Foles. Who knows? Carson Wentz. Making the trip to Philly. Sam Bradford's going to stay in Philly, according to the Eagles. He's not going to be happy, but he'll be staying. Not really high interest in him, but we'll see how that plays out. You got uh, some other interesting selections. I thought, besides Ezekiel Elliott's uh, attire during the uh, <laughs> during the, the red carpet, I'm, I'm very interested to see how he's going to handle things you know being the running back in Dallas and Dallas pretty much making a concerted effort to say that he's our guy um, a lot of people may look at him as going to be a huge impact back for them because of the great offensive line I'm just going to be curious to see how he pans out uh, the other big big story obviously was the uh, Laramie Tunzel uh the, uh, the video that went viral literally 13 minutes before the NFL draft started, a video goes goes viral of him using a gas mask. And uh, he's obviously, you know, he's smoking, but he's using a gas mask to do it. It went viral literally 13 minutes before the draft. Scared a couple of teams off. This guy's a surefire number 10, possibly number 5 pick, top 5 pick, I should say. Now we look at him. He falls to number 13, goes to the Miami Dolphins, still a good team to go to, but he lost a lot of money in the process because you don't understand when you're in the top 10, you make a different pay scale than everyone else. So now you have to wonder will this be something that's going to carry on? Because it was a circus, literally a huge circus that night trying to figure out what was going on is he asking for money from his coach it was just so much going on in regards to that and you know i'm going to talk to claude laroche who is covering the afc his thoughts on it because man that's that's a lot to deal with just a lot uh, i i don't know if his career will ever really shake it because that's always something people bring up even you could be Years down the line, they always bring up, hey, remember on your draft day, all these rumors came out, all these things were being leaked. It's it's tough. It's tough for the guy, you know, young guy, have to go through that. 
right before he's even officially into the league. That's insane. But hey, who knows? They'll probably figure something out to to try and get him better. I mean, the guy's a great player. I would like to. I would love for him to be judged for what he does on the court, on the field. I'm sorry, on the court. Look at me. On the field, I would I would prefer to see what he's about. And I think that's the uh, biggest the biggest thing of all. As always, taking your phone calls, 516-900-2278. you have any thoughts on anything that happened this weekend, it was, a, it was just a weird sports weekend for the most part. I'm still trying to understand personally, you know, and I, I brought this up with Lincoln uh, last week when he called. Why... Why is it that it just seems like Drake can get away with whatever he does on the sideline? The guy is, I get it. You know, you, you got to hand in with the Raptors, and he just is extremely in the way or just, ah, man. I thought Spike Lee was probably the biggest offender of all time, but uh, Drake has got him beat by a long shot. My goodness. And I'm a Drake fan. I enjoyed views. I don't know if anybody uh, had a chance to to purchase views uh views from the six that was a good album you know you gotta listen to it a couple times and maybe you'll get it but uh, i thought it was a good album i don't know if it's still worth him uh, being on the sidelines and getting in the way as he has been doing but like i said When you have the money and you have the fame, uh, you can get away with certain things, apparently. And they are definitely uh, proving that when it comes to uh, Drake and his uh, exploits on the sidelines. Always an interesting situation with this guy. But uh, like I was saying, 516-900-2278, at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. You can hit me up on there. And always, always check out SportsSocialPod.com. That's SportsSocialPod.com for more information regarding the show. And if you want to listen to it there, you can listen to it there as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Social Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
Amore, talk about whiplash. His head bouncing off the bottom rope. And he may be out. And Gotch wasted a little, a little time trying to take advantage here. And the official doing his job, separating Gotch from Amore. And Amore looks like he may be out. Look at that. Guys, this may be a serious situation here. Yeah. The official is talking to Enzo Amore, but Amore is not is yet to respond. And yeah, the he's official, hurt. He is hurt. The official going to call for some medical personnel and some help to I come out here to ringside. And here's ended. our doctor. Enzo Amore hit that bottom rope so hard, face first, his head snapped back, and then he fell to the floor in yeah, a heap. You don't realize you you hit these ropes and, and you're not used to it. It can break a rib. These guys are again. Watch this. Watch this impact, John. Oh, Amore! Oh, oh right face there, first, yeah. right into the into the rope, and it bounced off that mat. And again, yeah, our doctor is, is here at ringside with Enzo Amore, who guys, we, we he hasn't moved. First and foremost, we hope he's all right. But what a bad break for this team in this tournament to oh, make no. it this far. And, and again, this is yeah, a we've got a bad injury. Again, a, this is a serious situation that has developed at ringside. You can see the. Emergency medical personnel are bringing a stretcher down here to more time, you know, and, and watch here. Watch his head hit the mat. Right there, yeah. Actually, the second rope, I believe, that he hit, and then he hit the, the bottom rope again on the... So they were so excited, so pumped up for this moment here tonight, and, and obviously the, the health of Enzo Mori is the most important thing here, but... All right, I got the uh, doctor of wrestling, Mr. Uh, Dr. Black, I'm on the line hey. right now, and... Uh, I'm actually going to put that name to, to great use because a lot of people want to know what happened last night with Enzo Amari. Uh, scary situation Ooh. at Payback. Can you give us the latest on his condition? Well, uh, as all of Twitter was basically putting out concussion, uh, as you've seen, he took a nasty, and I do mean nasty, tumble into the second rope. Uh, looks like he hit his temple. If you look at it in slow motion, and it was just a real scary situation. Man looked unconscious for a second. So, and all he so, ended up with out of that thing, God, it was just a concussion. Okay, so just a concussion. Um, I, I like I, I at least like how the WWE took a lot of precaution. They brought up a stretcher and everything because oh, yeah, uh, that anything was with a head or neck injury, you yeah, because I was yeah, that was real. That was like legit, legit. That wasn't. I don't think that was a shoot or work or any of that jazz. That that had to. Be, that was legit. He he hit yeah, hard. You could definitely see. You gone. could definitely see with the reaction of the announcers. Even Cass was crying. It was. It was not. It was not a. It was no. No, nah, that wasn't a shoot. It wasn't a work. That was legit. That legitimately happened though. It was a real scary situation say the least. Okay, well, we hope that uh, he's able to get back soon, because usually, you know, with WWE and concussion protocol, they are very uh, very cautious. Yeah, it's so, going to be uh, back in about three weeks, two, three weeks. Let's hope, yeah, let's hope it's uh, it's only three weeks, you know, because, like yeah. I said, knowing the past history of WWE, when it comes to that, um, concussion now let's talk about the actual, let, let's talk about the actual payback card. Like, what did you think of the of the matches? Was it in general? Was it like a downer for you? Do you feel like it lived up to expectations? Uh, so the first, well, that, that was the first match, but 
the match that followed, the actual first full match, which was uh, Zayn and Owens, five-star match, it stole the show. I mean, oh, it did still. Well, yeah, AJ Styles and Roman Reigns was number two, but overall, yeah, I think that was like the show still. Uh, did it live up to expectations? Surprisingly, for once, yes, it was pretty good. I was, thought it was gonna be a snooze fest. Then they set up the Extreme Rules pay per view uh, main event, which we all seen coming. The, uh, how that matched uh, between Roman and AJ was turning out. Uh, Ambrose Jericho was good. The the Divas title, I mean, not Divas Women's Titles match that was that bored me. So they've had better matches than that, and then they try to do that. What the they call it the Chicago screw job? It was terrible. Yeah, I, I didn't like that either. I mean, obviously, you know, terrible. using the whole Bret Hart from 1997 Survivor Series gimmick, but uh, it yeah. was it, it, it just it just looked bad because you saw Bret Hart is not 100 percent obviously. Yeah, he, yeah, he just he looked just like had an old man. Surgery. He had come in. The man had surgery, you know for his prostate cancer. Then the man just had wrist surgery on top of that. Brett wasn't 100%. Brett even said it himself. He didn't even want to be there. Like, keep ready on social media. Was like, I really don't want to be there. But if it was a fanatic, I, I would probably just stay home. So, and then what he was trying to put on a sharpshooter last night, it just was like, dang, man. He just didn't look great doing it. So... You know, I mean, it wasn't a good showing, and I, I think I understood exactly where he's coming from. You know, the guy is not in any type of shape to be to be yeah, out there in any form. He's not 100 percent right now. Yeah, they're just trying to they're just trying to milk it for whatever milk his name for whatever reason. I mean, why did you actually get her actual father, the Jimmy Anvil Nightheart? You could just bring him in for a spot. That it wouldn't hurt. Well, he's not, you know, where the rumor is obviously he's not 100% mentally. Uh-huh. And he could lose control a little bit. Um, I don't know if you watch Total Divas, but that's something that they talk about all the time. Uh-huh. About his addictions and not really being mentally, you know, aware of his surroundings. Like, well, yeah, I, I stopped watching. So. Yeah, that was the uh, big thing regarding that. Now, uh-huh. just looking obviously at the main event, I thought it was interesting the way they kept like restarting the match and um, you know, adding you a extra little wrinkles into it. Yeah, but you seen it coming. Well, you yeah, you did, coming. but yeah, you seen it coming. You knew, you knew, you knew Gallows and and, uh, and Anderson had to interfere eventually. You knew the Usos were going to come out eventually. They they because they, they have to start building. Remember, Extreme Rules is only three weeks away. So you have to start building that card literally from last night until like now. So, I mean, up until then. So now, you know, they set it up perfectly. Like, okay, main event, we're going to restart the match. Oh, he counted out. You've you seen it coming. And you knew once for all right, that's going to be an extreme rules match. It was like no disqualification, no count out. They just didn't use the weapons. Why? Because they're going to use the weapons next month. Well, I just not saying that next month in three weeks. So, yeah. I mean, yay, it was good because who wanted to see 
the match truly end in that fashion, you know, a DQ or a count out. It was, yeah, it was just sent everybody in Chicago into a, you know, riot form. So, good job by them, at least. That was a good I match. Thought was, I thought Reigns was pretty good. I, I give him credit, you know what I mean? I, no, he, he that, wasn't good. No, you got, I think you got to look at the uh, the situation. Like for example, when um, Styles was going for the phenomenal forearm, and he caught him with the what? punch, and you see on replay, it looked pretty cool on replay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good spot. You got to give him credit for the spots. The spots were good. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good spot. But if it wasn't for a guy like AJ Styles literally carrying him through the match, because he literally had to carry him during that whole match. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been good. He Roman just got exposed last night as very, very, very green in the ring. Like he has no moveset, and it's not good. Especially when he's supposed to be your champion, and your champion has to rely pretty much on, well, what I counted maybe five moves he has in his entire arsenal. The, yeah, I think that's the match. And this includes this, this include the strikes. Samoa drop, Superman punch, the spear, the little roll-up powerbomb that he does, which basically, it, it, he did a sit-out powerbomb, which is basically almost the same exact thing as the first powerbomb that he's doing. Okay, that's four moves. Uh... I know there's a fifth one somewhere in there. Oh wait, and the uh, oh, and, but he didn't do it last night. The uh, the drop kick, the drive by drop kick on the rope. Right. So yeah, he has five moves. And then all yeah, he does kind of is the, strikes. That's the WWE tradition. It seems like the um, the five moves of doom. You know. Well, I've seen as five moves of doom actually are like the finishing of a match. Roman has five moves, just period. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see, especially Extreme Rules. He'll be allowed to use weapons so that hides a little more. Of course, because you got to protect him. Okay, well, here's here's a question I have. Obviously, from Payback and the big thing about who's going to run Monday Night um, Raw, I thought it was a little bit of a stretch. Just they they kind of just wasted time for Vince to come out and say, okay, both of you guys run Monday Night Raw. You know what I mean? Well, this thing was a, a little, a, a huge unnecessary segment. Uh, well, they had to kill time. They had to kill extra time, obviously, because of Enzo's injury. Like so, but I mean, they gave us a very good promo. I, they, I mean, it was a very good promo. But you're right; it, it didn't really have to be as long. I mean, it didn't have to be long. It didn't have to be drawn out. It could have been one of those quick, you know, two second announcements. All right, you know, both of you are in a row. That's that. And we would have been cool with that. Now, there is one quick thing I do want to address. And a lot of people, I don't know if they noticed it last night or not. I think but, I know what you're uh, going to say. And I yeah. definitely think it's the right back with the uh, yeah. CM Punk yeah. mocking. Yeah. That, this guy is really, really, really trolling. Since uh, CM Punk did that podcast, he is truly trolling because, like, 
really, dude? You come out in Chicago. Stop. Do it's clobbering time. And <laughs> what? In his hometown? Are you serious? Like, wow. The nerve of this fool. It was one of those really, 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 you gonna go there type moves? Like, uh, I don't know, man. He's just, the man's out there. Did you lose more respect for him or did it really, you know, didn't change your uh, I lost respect for him. Your opinion oh, yeah, I lost respect for him because the man's out there. And now you like, you're trolling? And if he did that, then, wow. If somebody in creative told him that, then that they're just as bad as him. Regardless, it, it was unnecessary and it needed to be done. That they forgot what that meant. I'm I'm, I'm gonna put this out there. If it wasn't for Punk, right? You would think AJ Styles would be there right now? You think Finn Balor would be there? You think anybody Samoa Joe's? It was if it was for him. If it was for him and Brian getting there first. You think any one of these guys who we've long coveted to see who are now finally in the WWE, you think any one of them would have been there? I don't know. I, I doubt it. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people are going to point to and um, have in their minds in regards to, like, what the thought process was with Ryback and and just the WWE, you know, with the whole development because the whole style in which they look at wrestlers is different now since the CM uh-huh. Punk, since the Daniel Bryans. They're not all the muscle-bound. You get a couple of them that are just, like, huge muscle guys, but now you have to have yeah. a whole lot of athleticism, it looks like, and oh, yeah, you you they're speeding up the, the pace. The pace is speeding up. Yeah, because yeah, you actually have to learn how to wrestle now. You don't have to just be like, hey, like Roman Reigns, oh, I got power. So because I have a little power, you know, I go over and I look so good in the ring. That you remember the stories? I don't know if you ever seen, but you know the stories about Bill Goldberg, uh, why his interest was so low. No, it, I it was the, oh, it's because he couldn't wrestle. Look, so they had to so to extend the time of his matches and the length of his matches, they made his entrance like two three minutes long. Because of the fact that he couldn't go in the ring at all. He couldn't do anything good. So they were like, oh, the best way to cover him up and make him look great is make his interest look good. And that's that. Well, this definitely explains the uh, the debauchery that was that match against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania you and think? how painfully <laughs> hard it was to watch. It kind of explains that a little more. Because in WWE, yeah. he was not good at all, let's be honest. Dude, he was never that. He was never that good. It was just a fact. We we like we 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 like and love him because of the streak. If it wasn't for the streak, nobody would care. Who would go? Dude, would you care if it wasn't for the streak? Would you have cared about Bill Goldberg? No, probably not. Yeah. No, he would just been another mother another muscle uh, muscle bound guy who was just terrible. Terrible. Roman Reigns is now that another muscle bound guy who's just terrible. But, you know, did, you see how slow the beginning of that match was? You see how slow the pace was? You see how much he had to go in and out of the ring? He had to go. Get, he, he's, getting kicked in, he's getting kicked in the leg. 
all of a sudden, oh, my leg hurts so much. I'm going to go outside, walk around for like two minutes, come back and then yeah. throw, like another, throw like another punch or do another move, go back outside. Yeah, why? It's because he's so bad. So they have to cover up the fact that he's so bad. Have someone who is way better than him in the ring walking through his match so he comes out looking semi-decent. And that's what you got last night. Somebody who's great and making people look good. Give him a semi, make him look semi-decent. Even though in the beginning, like I said, he was terrible. So, yeah. Okay. Well, my last, my last thought, my last question, I should, we should be, is uh, the fact that we have Extreme Rules coming in three weeks. Yep. Do you feel like they booked it way too close to to payback? Because that's the way I'm looking at it. I just feel like no. I, I've always remembered pay per views being no. each month. You know. No, because they remember. You gotta remember uh, because of WrestleMania. They have to book two pay-per-views in one month because of Mania. Because Mania, it's payback, and then Mania could be either in March or it could be in April. And as you've seen, this year was in April. So there's no pay-per-view in, like, March. So they have to if make you're gonna up. you Roadblock. No, Roadblock, Roadblock was. Like a house uh, show. What's house no, no, ro- yeah, Roadblock was a house show. That was in a real pay-per-view. So they have to actually put, you know, an actual 12th pay-per-view in there somewhere. So, no, you get you get that. And I'd rather them do it right after Mania. So that way every other pay-per-view actually can have a proper build-up. Uh, I mean, Extreme Rules, I'm, this is going to be my, what, second Extreme Rules I'm going to? Uh, in a matter of, what, two years or two, two, three years or something like that? And the first one I went to was pretty good because uh, that's when you had the six-man tag with uh, Orton, Triple H, Batista versus The Shield. So that was the first one I went to. So, and they gave us they gave us one of the most memorable uh, Extreme Rules spots, you know, in history, with you know dive off the dive from the uh, crowd by Rollins. So. I can't wait. This is going to be really good because they're booking. They're you're going to see a lot of rematches from last night, and the probably only additional match you'll see is uh, what's his name, the Bullet Club versus uh, the Usos. That's probably like the only other additional match you'll see added to the uh, to the pay per view. Oh, and then a Fatal Four Way probably for the Intercontinental Title match uh, for the title. Yeah, we kind of saw that uh, being previewed at the end of yeah. uh, the Miz's match. But um, I definitely looking for forward match. to it. Definitely looking yeah. forward to it. And, uh, oh, actually, I should say this is the last thing. And I'm just going to get your quick PG opinion. PG. Sure. What were your thoughts on the uh, picture posted by uh, by JoJo with the New Day? And, uh, you know, with sporting the new bootios. Love and, uh, it. <laughs> I'm just going to say love it. <laughs> That's a very PG no, no way more, of, uh, No more, nothing less. I'm just going to say love it. <laughs> and with that being said, that is Dr. Black, Doctors of Wrestling. Check it out on keepitarealsports.com. Thanks again, man. Thanks.
Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Uh, obviously, that was with uh, talking with Dr. Black in regards to uh, Enzo Amari's injury. And 
Um, we're still waiting for more updates. They're just saying it's a concussion, so hopefully they're just doing it for precaution reasons. It might just be a situation in, in a sense that he might be out possibly three weeks. That's the standard practice for uh, WWE, I believe. If it's three weeks, you know, uh, I think that's it's well worth it. He's probably going to be out for extreme rules. So hopefully uh, a guy like that could get back in there. Young young wrestler, definitely just starting his career off in the WWE. So a lot of people were on Twitter and uh, very vocal in regards to that. So it was a huge story. Now, the other huge story from this weekend involved the uh, National Basketball Association in regards to the Thunder and Spurs. Now, that was supposed to be a big matchup. Everybody's tuning in to hear about the Thunder and Spurs. They want to see, like, can the Thunder's backcourt, well, not backcourt, I should say top two guns in Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, are they able to finally prove to the world that they're ready to win a championship now? They look good in that Dallas series. They had, you know, a couple of moments there that they were a little shaky, but Kevin Durant contract year wants to win a championship bad. He's going against the always perennial favorites in the San Antonio Spurs. And you have to think about what is probably running through their minds into this series. Spurs had about a week off since their easy sweep. Let's call it, let's call it what it is. It's an easy sweep of the Memphis Grizzlies. They're very well rested. And, you know, you had to deal with a guy named Kawhi Leonard. And uh, Kawhi Leonard proved to the world, even though he may not talk much and may not be as out there as all the other superstars, he is probably the most lethal guy out there. And you have to just... You got to marvel at the way he played that game. I mean, he was from the very the very beginning the slam dunk he had. It was it was almost like it was almost like he didn't have um, any fear of the defense, and that says a lot, especially in the NBA and in the playoffs, to not have any fear whatsoever of the team you're going against. And that just happened to be the case with. With the uh, Spurs, I just feel like they were hitting on all cylinders, and uh, nothing, nothing was really slowing them down. I, I just remember watching some of the shots that he was making, and I just said, "Wow, just wow!" And in, in regards to his efficient, you know, play and the the way he just handled himself throughout, I, I think the main thing is they don't really have him talking on on any podium, so. That's why a lot of people may not know him because he doesn't talk much. Very shy guy, but uh, definitely handled business. And the other thing that I want to talk about from the weekend, how about the Golden State Warriors once again showing showing the world that they're more than just Steph Curry. I mean, guys like Draymond Green, another triple-double. Klay Thompson stepping up even more. Getting the job done against a Portland team that eliminated the Clippers this past Friday. And uh, shout-out to uh, Austin Rivers. I know I never thought I would say that, but uh, shout out to Austin Rivers for being as tough as he was to go through such an, a gruesome injury. And I'm telling you, if you've seen the uh, replays, it was nasty, just very nasty. The uh, the hit he took and his eye basically almost got like looked like it almost got knocked out of his socket. He was bleeding as he's walking off the court. That's how tough this guy is, and I, I gotta give him enough enough credit, you know, enough respect. He deserves it, all of it. 
he held that team together for the most part. You know, put up a good, pretty good stat line. I think twenty, uh, at least twenty-five and five in that game. Uh, just you gotta, you gotta give the credit when it's due. Yes, the guy catches a lot of heat because he is the coach's son, but uh, the coach's son came through. The coach's son definitely came through when it mattered, and that's that's about as much as you can ask. You know, uh, we always talk about like what else can the guy give? I mean, the guy gave everything in that matchup. I was definitely impressed. They didn't get it done, obviously, because they're out. But that was mostly because of the injuries, and that's it's it's a tough break, man. That's how it can change a team. It can change a team forever. But uh, you have to uh, you got to show them a lot of a lot of credit in regards to it. But back to, in my opinion, this is the best series out right now, and that's going to be the the Thunder and the Spurs. If you're the Spurs, how do you keep the pressure on? Because you're going to have to with a team like this. Uh, Oklahoma City, they may have gotten blown out. You just got to uh, you got to find a way to keep the pressure. You got to keep the pressure on a team like this. You don't want to give them any type of hope, any type of thought that they can come back in this game. Because once that starts to happen, then the team, you know, has a... Uh, they have hope, and you don't want that. You just do not want that. Got to keep them up against the ropes. Speaking of... You know, on the ropes, and I feel like we've been talking about that a lot. Even besides the WWE situation, that Hornet series when they they just lost to Miami, they had Miami six games. I, I had the Hornets winning that series easily, but they let the it's like they let them up. And when you do that, you give a team that's a veteran team. I mean, you're talking about Dwayne Wade. You gotta realize how many playoff series he's been a part of in his career. The guy's been in this situation so many times. Facing elimination. Just gotta be cool and collected throughout the entire process, and that's that's exactly what he did. You know, so hats off to Dwayne Wade. I'm just basically shouting out people that they got the job done. They knew how to handle it, they they got the job done when it was needed. Now, obviously, the Oklahoma City Thunder have a lot of thinking they have to do heading into today's Game 2. That game believes at 9.30. You got the 7 o'clock game is going to be Cleveland taking on the Atlanta Hawks. But let's take a listen in to what Coach Billy Donovan of the Oklahoma City Thunder and some of the players had to say after their loss in Game 1. Embarrassing loss, mind you. Antonio, uh, all the credit in the world. They, I thought they played very, very well. Um, certainly, we, we need to, to, to play much better all the way around collectively um, uh, than, than we did today. Um, certainly, they got it going offensively. And, you know, really, Aldridge was, was really, really a challenge tonight with how well he shot the basketball. Um, we had multiple different people on him, but it was one of those nights for him. He did a great job. Um, and like I said, collectively, um, 
players, coaches, everybody, we've just collectively as a group have got to do a better job of coming back and trying to make some corrections and some adjustments if those are the things that we need to do um, going into game two and um, hopefully improve from this and, and, and find a way to get better and, and, and play more competitively here in game two. I, I thought we um, got in some situations where I think we fouled maybe four or five times three-point shooters. That was really, you know, giving them those kind of free throws. Um, that was a problem. Um, we've got to do a better job on, on LaMarcus. We just do, and he obviously shot it extremely well. Um, you know, that was that was a, a, a challenge for us tonight, you know, and he we had a lot of different people guarding him and um, we just got to find a way to do a better job there with him. I think the guys in that locker room are pretty competitive. I think they're going to want to come back and respond. Um, you know, certainly the shooting percentage that they shot against us um, was was. And again, I, I don't think that they made like there was some situation where they made all these drastic, difficult shots against us, and we were playing this this great defense on every single possession. They did what they did, and they did a really, really good job. But I think that our guys, is, as as competitive as I, I I think they are, I know they are. I know they'll want to come back tomorrow to make some corrections, get better, and try to improve. Kevin, can you talk about your emotions after a game like that? It's over at halftime. Are you, are you disappointed, discouraged, mad? What what goes through your mind after a game like that? I'm not telling you. Because it's over with, you know. Move on. We just uh, spool past it and, and figure out what we need to do better. No crazy emotions. It's not like we're upset. We're screaming at each other in the locker room after the game. You know, we just got to be. That's not going to make things better. Uh, we just got to go out there and play better. What particularly was the issues with Aldridge? He went off for 38 tonight. Uh, we just got to watch film and see. Um, you know, in the game, it goes so fast. Sometimes you don't realize what's going on. Uh, but he got open on a lot of those, you know, and pick and roll jump shots. So, um, you know, we got to look at film and see uh, what adjustments we have to make in order for him to uh, at least miss some of them and, and make it tougher on him. A lot of my shots I missed at the basket against the bigs. Um, you know, I was able to get to my spots, um, just missed some layups. Does he present a challenge for you all, or the way that he and Danny Green kind of take turns at guarding on you and, and Kevin? Um, I mean, you know, they do a good job of helping. Uh, most of the time it's a help side defender. Me personally, I never look at the guy in front of me. I always look at the help um, and see uh, what's the next move. Um, so it's not really a big problem. Just got to find ways to – uh, read the help a little bit better and uh, make better decisions. You know, they won one game on their home court, um, and now we got to get ready uh, for game two and try to steal one here. Uh, but we got to come out uh, with a little more intensity on both sides of the floor and, um, you know, with a little more sense of urgency. All right, we're back. Sports Social with Ed Easton. Now, uh, once again, that's going to be an interesting series. Game two is tonight on TNT, so check that out. Uh, when we come back... Going to have Claude LaRoche on. He's going to talk AFC and what they did in the NFL draft and if they did anything good. A lot of stories to talk about regarding that. We'll be right back to Sports Social on Soundcast FM.
Soundcast FM. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. On the line, I got Mr. Claude LaRoche. Claude, are you there? I am here. It's the Esquire. What's up, man? How's it going, man? I know uh, you were watching this NFL draft this past weekend, had a lot of thoughts, and uh, I have you focusing on the AFC. Um, I got to start yes, off right sir. away. Because you are a Jets fan, I'm going to start with the Jets. How did you feel? All right, all right. How did you feel about their their selections? Um, you know what? The Jets did what they had to do. They brought in some speed on defense. Um, they brought in some very good defensive players. Um, that moment in the first round at pick 20 when Paxton Lynch wasn't off the board at 19, I kind of panicked thinking, oh, my gosh, they're going to select Paxton Lynch. But they did the right thing. They brought Darren Lee in the second round. Um, Christian Hackenberg, I know a lot of people think it's a reach. But um, this guy was a five-star prospect coming out of high school. And he has a certain skill set that um, could develop into a really good starting quarterback later on in his career. Is he that now? No. He's going to require a lot of therapy. And they got to take care of him. So um, we'll see what he could pan out to be. Uh, Jordan Jenkins uh, out of Georgia was another great hard-nosed player. Uh, he'll come in and he'll provide the Jets with that guy who does everything for the defense. Um, as you move further through the rounds, later on they got a guy named Cheon Pete, who was a receiver out of Clemson. Clemson has become like wide receiver university. And um, he was a seventh-round pick, but a lot of people project him to be a third or fourth-round pick. Uh, the problem with him is that he had two ACL tears and so um, he, he might have some injury concerns later on in his career. But he still ran a four four seven at the uh, Combine and has great hands. So I, w- I was excited about the Jets pick. All right, that's good. That's, for you, that's, uh, that's different for a change. I know you're very critical about the Jets, so that's, uh, that's actually a good thing. Um, okay, yeah. let's stay within your division. Uh, how about the uh, Miami Dolphins uh, go, taking the most controversial athlete in the draft? And uh, Larry Tunzo, what are, what are your thoughts on that whole situation and just seeing everything go down with that? You know what? The Laramie Tunzo situation is unfortunate. The thing is, is that, yeah, this is a kid who, quite frankly, may have to be uh, under supervision. The NFL reported that they will not place him in the drug substance abuse program right now, but they'll keep an eye on him. Um, literally 15 minutes before the draft, he saw his career just tumble. Um, had he not been taken by the Miami Dolphins, I would have loved to take him at number 20 to the Jets. I mean, he, he deserves to be a first-round talent. He He's going to be phenomenal in his career. Um, it's sad that the Miami Dolphins got him, and we got to deal with him now. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, Jets Nation will handle that. Okay, okay. So, it's a, like I said, interesting Jets Nation. I love how you're, you guys already are named. But, um, <laughs> what, all right, now let's look at, Another one of your AFC, the AFC East had a lot of movement. Uh, Shaq Lawson going to the Buffalo Bills. Is that a, a huge selection for a lot of people? Do you feel like that was maybe the uh, the steal of the draft? I don't. Um, looking at Shaq Lawson, he had a guy named Kevin Dodd across from him in college. Um, and I think that he performed so well because he had Kevin Dodd across from him. Um We'll see what he could pan out to be in the NFL. They're projecting him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, look, Rex is the kind of guy who has always been able to scheme with his defense. But the problem with Rex is that he's not able to develop talent. And um, that's something that we saw with him while he was with the Jets. Uh, he drafted, what was his name now? Um, Quentin Copels. Hmm. And Quentin Copels wasn't able to become a 
every down outside linebacker. Um, I feel bad for Shaq Wilson, but I got to say that he might suffer the same fate. He has all the athletic tools, but it's a coach who can't really um, take his players to the next level. Okay, so how about this? Can you give me a breakdown? Who you feel like had the best draft out of the AFC? Um, the best draft out of the AFC for me personally had to be the uh, Indianapolis Colts and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They're at a tie. Um, Indianapolis Colts actually fortified their offensive line. And um, when they drafted Ryan Kelly, I mean, he's going to be the Jeff Saturday that uh, Peyton Manning had for those Colts. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, they just took the best player on their board. And uh, their, their best draft pick isn't even their first draft pick. Uh, Andrew Billings just dropped. And they got him in the fourth round, which he's going to be a steal of a nose tackle for them. They just know how to draft, and they, 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 they fill needs before they're actually needs. Okay, so we talked about who had the best. Now, who do you feel like had the worst at the AFC? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I think the worst draft is probably the Patriots. It looked like Bill Belichick just threw a dartboard and said, I'm, I'm taking this guy. Um, I have no idea why they would take Cyrus Jones with the second-round uh, second pick. Um, they took some quarterback out of NC State who no one had a, no one had a clue who that was. Um, they, Connor Cook was still on the board at that time. It's interesting to see what Bill Belichick does. Um, a lot of people say that he actually just, when he's not interested in the draft, he'll just pick whoever he wants and throws dartboards. So we'll see how that pans out. Okay, so obviously you broke Connor Cook. You're a Michigan State guy. What you yes, you made a very interesting comment, and when we were talking uh, over the weekend, you were talking about he's going to be the next starting quarterback for the Oakland Raiders, and you just yes, know sir. Derek Carr. I would love to hear a reasoning behind this. So look, Derek Carr is a car, and um, quite frankly, there hasn't been a successful car in the NFL. Um, Connor Cook has all the tools. He's going to come in there, and he's going to compete from day one. Now, I think personally that Connor Cook is going to develop, and we're going to see a situation similar to what we had over in uh, Washington, where a coaching staff falls in love with a quarterback for his tenacity, his um, vigor, his mental ability, and his just simple ability to make plays. Um, and that's going to be huge. So I think Connor Cook has all the tools to become better than Derek Carr one day and take over that starting position. Okay, uh, last question, Claude. Now, the NFL draft is in Chicago. Obviously, obviously, Roger Goodell wasn't given the most, you know, warming reception. Do you believe? Do you believe that uh, Chicago serves as a, has has been serving as a great draft spot, or do you feel like it has to change? I'm here in Philadelphia next year. Um, look, let me tell you this: Chicago has set the bar extremely high. They have events all over the city. They have different um, things lighting up, like the, the, the fountain was lighting up and the team's colors. They, they really made it an event, and it makes it hard for any other city to compete. I think that Chicago has done a wonderful job with this draft, um, and I hope that the draft comes back to New York so that we can show them what we're made of. But quite frankly, the things that we've done in the past, with it just being a Radio City musical, don't, don't even come close to the things that Chicago has done with this draft. And um, they really have made it into an entertainment spectacle. Wow, that's actually kind of sad to hear, but it's, hey, it's, it's the truth, right? I mean, uh, New York messed up. Uh, hopefully we get it back. You never know. 
But uh, as always, as always, Claude Esquire LaRoche, thank you so much for uh, chiming in and giving us your thoughts on the AFC and the NFL draft. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. So that was uh, Claude LaRoche giving us the AFC breakdown. And you know what? He made some good points. I I look at Derek Carr. I think he's a great, I think he's a good quarterback. I I don't, I don't necessarily feel like he's as bad as uh, Claude is breaking him down to be. You know, Connor Cook is an interesting selection. I feel like for a team that I thought was set at quarterback, I don't think anybody was really thinking, oh, man, the Oakland Raiders are really going to draft a quarterback here. But they have great insurance. Connor Cook, if he's as good as, you know, everybody keeps saying and what he did at Michigan State, it uh, should be a very uh, a fun training camp, you know, nonetheless, in Oakland. And um, obviously with all the different picks that are coming about and the Laramie Tunzel thing, let, let's be honest, this is ridiculous. It, everything that's going on with him in relation to what happened with his stepfather and suing his stepfather and it, it was he the one that leaked everything. There's a lot of question marks. And like I said, the guy hasn't even hit the field yet in the NFL. And already we're looking at him kind of sideways. So it is a sad situation. And I, I do agree with Claude in regards to that aspect. Uh, when we come back, from the break, we're going to have Stan Talouise. He's going to take the NFC side of things and uh, break down how he feels, not just about all those teams, but his uh, his and also my New York Giants and what they did because Eli Apple, that's the uh, that's a, that's our top pick, Eli Apple. Let's uh, try to understand that. And also, we'd love to hear from you, 516-900-2278. You can call up also at Ed Easton Jr. If you just want to tweet in, you don't feel like speaking to me, I'll be happy to read your tweets. So uh, we'll take a break. You'll listen to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Spanish Harlem on 
girls forget about it. With the 10th pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Eli Apple, defensive back, Ohio State. Wow. Well, I mean, the headline writes itself, the Big Apple. <laughs> and Eli's going to New York with another Eli, obviously. Now, understand that Vernon Hargraves is still knocked away at the last second. He's had football fumbled. Eli Apple, cornerback. And he's going to be knocked down. Fires up the left side of the field. Intercepted by Eli Apple. 2015 second team, all Big Ten. So that's three Buckeyes in the top ten. And Eli Apple's going to the New York Giants. He's and that's secondary. He's a Jersey kid, too. He's from South Jersey. He's a redshirt sophomore. So he's only three years removed from high school. I don't even know if he's 21 years old. He's six feet, 200 pounds. He's got all kinds of potential. He's clean off the field. But like a lot of young players without reps, his tape is up and down. He's long, he's fast, he's physical. But I saw some bad tape. I mean, he struggled against Penn State. He struggled giving up points. Um, I think it was, it was, I forget the other game, but he had some tape that I struggled with, but it's all because of a lack of reps. And the draft party for the New York Giants. Going on in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And hey, and if he wants to go and live in New York City, there's a lot of places you can order food in because I've heard he can't cook. Oh, and certainly that didn't hurt. <laughs> His draft stock eventually, he's 10th overall, and Urban Meyer is all ear-to-ear -ear grin because that's a third Ohio State Buckeye going to the top 10. Bosa, third overall, Elliott, fourth overall, Apple, 10th overall to the Giants. Dan Luis, our Keeping a Real Sports football coordinator, or should I say a correspondent. You, you look how I keep changing your title around, it seems like. Listen, I'm going to keep putting it down. Wherever, whatever you say, I'm just going to keep adding it to the resume, so... <laughs> I like it. I like it. But uh, I don't know how much you like the uh, NFL draft and some of the selections. And obviously, you know, we already we have Claude. He already did the uh, AFC. Um, how about you just take a look at the NFC and what stood out to you in terms of the uh, top NFC teams? Um, 
as far as the top teams, well, I mean, I don't think I don't think a lot of the top teams did as well as people think. Um, going through winners and losers, like I'm looking at the Seahawks, and I don't I don't like what the Seahawks did at all. I mean, I thought they they reached for Jermaine Fetty. Um, you look at what uh, the Seahawks did last year. You know, Russell Wilson was under pressure at the second highest rate of any NFL quarterback, and they reached uh, in, in the first round for Jermaine Fetty, um, who I I really don't think is all that good. Um, you know, he he's not a very good pass protector. Um, he's he's good in the run in the in the run protection game, but again, that's not what the Seahawks need. You look at the Cardinals, and I love what they what they did getting Robert and Kim DJ, but I mean the the rest of the the rest of the picks, I I, I really don't think they did they did well. I mean, you look at Brandon Williams, the cornerback, who was a uh, he uh, he was a running back and he turned into a corner. He's not that not that good a corner. Um, Evan Baum struggles in pass protection. And I mean, all I know about Cole Turner and Harlan Miller was what I saw at the Senior Bowl, and they were they were less than impressive. So I, I don't think a lot of the top teams uh, did did well. Um, but again, you know, it, it's it's easy to say that now. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, the, the, how about this? Now you said the top teams you really couldn't really call it right now. I'm just going to throw some picks out to you and uh, let me know what you think. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, what are your thoughts on him going to the Cowboys? Uh, I mean, look, as good as he is, he wasn't really a need. You look at the Cowboys, you know, they struggled uh, with, with pass rush. They lost Greg Hardy. Uh, you know, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence was, 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 you know, he didn't play a lot. Uh, Randy Gregory's going to be um, out for a little while because of uh, suspension. Um, I think Zeke Elliott, as a, as you know, he's 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 great on his own right. You look at that Cowboys offensive line. You know, you've got Alfred Morris. You've got uh, um, what's his name? I can't remember his name. All of a sudden, um, I was going to run DMC uh, out of uh, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, those guys are good enough behind that Cowboys offensive line. Darren McFadden. There you go. Uh, those guys are good enough behind that Cowboys offensive line. Well, you don't need to go after Jalen um, Zeke Elliott. You could have gone after Jalen Ramsey, and you would have made the defense that much better. Um, I like Jalen Smith. If he pans out and he's healthy, it's a steal. I think uh, Charles Tapper and Malik Collins are good enough to uh, fortify the, the defensive line. I think Dak Prescott has 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 the chance to develop into a, a quality backup for Tony Romo, and maybe even you know become the, uh, the next starting quarterback. But as far as Zeke Elliott goes, I mean, I don't I don't know if it was a need. I really don't. I, I, I'll, I'll still say the, the Cowboys are a winner in my book, though. Um, it's weird that you're calling them winners and you have the whole situation in regards to, like, they took they took a basketball player in this draft to play yeah. tight end. Uh, yeah. Did yeah. That kind of like, yeah. No, go ahead. No, didn't that kind of like you know raise a bit of a question mark when you have tight ends out there, and this is a guy that hasn't played football since middle school. I, you know, I, I yeah, you're right. Uh, Rico gathers, you know, hasn't played high school, hasn't played football since since middle school. Um, you know, I think they're trying to tap into kind of you know the the Antonio Gates, the the. Uh, uh, you know, we've seen this before where where we don't you know guys that haven't played football in a long time, uh, get drafted. You know, 
in the sixth in the sixth round, I, I, I'm okay with it. Okay, that I guess you can let that go. Uh, how about we take a look, a look at another team? Obviously, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles making a pickup of uh, Carson Wentz after the whole like trade and everything. What are your thoughts? What's going to go with Sam Bradford? Uh, who's staying? Who's going? You still got Chase Daniel. Is there anything we could take from this? It's really hard to say. I can't really. It's it's hard to call. I mean, I I assume the Eagles are going to have Sam Bradford start. Uh, worst case scenario, maybe they'll have Chase Daniel start if they can get rid of Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford hasn't hasn't spoken to the Eagles or Doug Peterson, and uh, from what I heard from weeks, so. Uh, he's obviously upset at the fact that he was brought in to be a starter, and now he's probably going to be just the placeholder until Carson Wentz is ready. And I think Sam Bradford needs to realize that, you know, Carson Wentz coming from an FBS school is not ready to play right now. So he needs to he needs to realize that and say, this is my best opportunity to show off what I can do and be the quarterback right now, and then you know go we'll, we'll, let's cross that bridge. When you get to it, because let's be real, Sam Bradford needs to realize he's made well over a hundred million dollars in his career for almost nothing. He can't stay healthy, and he's not. There's not. There's nobody knocking knocking down the door to you know bring him in as a starter. Okay, so that situation obviously Carson was just saying yes to wait a couple more years. Jared Goff, number one pick, does he play right away, or is he fighting with Nick Foles for that spot in L.A.? I think Jared Goff plays right away. Uh, I think uh, Jeff Fisher knows he's NFL ready. I think, uh, the, you know, you look at uh, what the Rams did uh, in the draft, and I, I, I like I gotta call it a, you know I gotta call them winners. Tyler Higby is a is a is a solid target. Uh, Farrell Cooper is a solid target. Michael Thomas, the other Michael Thomas, not from Ohio State but from Southern Mississippi, is a solid target. I think, you know, the what the Rams did was. They got their guy quarterback. They got their franchise quarterback. You know, their new city, and they're bringing in all these guys to, that, that are going to – he's going to surround them with as much talent as he can. He's got Todd Gurley. You know, he's got a you know solid defense. I, I think he starts right away, and I, I, I want to say he's productive. Okay, now, obviously, we're in New York. Um, I know you're a Giants fan as well as I am. What were your thoughts with their draft? Eli Apple, I, I didn't see anything leading up to him possibly wanting him. And I, I don't know, what, were, what was Jerry Reese thinking when Eli Apple came up at number 10? Because there's a lot of people scratching their heads regarding that one. He clearly wasn't thinking. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, I, I never hide my feelings about, Eli, uh, about uh, Jerry Reese. I don't like Jerry Reese. I think he's got in the past uh, because of the two Super Bowls, which I don't even give him credit for. Uh, you know, he's he's not a good drafting GM. He doesn't maneuver the draft well. Um, you, you know, weeks and days leading up to the draft, everybody was talking about it's either going to be Miles Jack, it's either going to be Leonard Floyd, it's going to be Jack Conklin, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be somebody that, that they've talked about. And, you know, they tipped their hand, I think. I think, you know, when they came out and said it's either Floyd or Conklin or Jack, and, you know, Jack was off the board, you know, the Bears and the Titans traded up to skip the Giants to take both those guys. And I think Jerry Reese at that point panicked and said, well, here's our guy, Eli Apple. And I don't believe that for one second because if they, if, if they were targeting Eli Apple, he would have been, we would have heard his name before. And you don't take the, the third or fourth best corner 
uh, tenth overall. You don't you don't do that. And on top of that, if you look at what Eli Apple did did in college, while he's he's a very good corner, I like him a lot. But you know he's one of the best man-to-man defenders in the country. But the Giants don't play man-to-man; they play a lot of zone. So unless Eli Apple suddenly learns how to play zone, play his face and play his own coverage, I, I don't see how this pick makes sense. Okay, now obviously they made a couple of more picks later in the rounds. What were your thoughts with uh, some of the choices, like even um, at linebacker picking up the guy from Clemson? Um, I, for some reason, his name is uh, escaping me right now. But uh, you pick him up. You also pick up some more safety help. Is there something, like obviously everything's on the defensive side of the ball. Can you at least give him some credit for that, that he is focusing on something that has been weak for the Giants the last couple of years? Yeah. I, I, look, I'll give the Giants credit. I'll give uh, Jerry's credit. Um, if these guys pan out, I, it could work out. Sterling Shepard is a speedster, a um, little on the short, on the smaller side, but you know what? For a guy his size, he can play on the outside. I looked at his insurance for Victor Cruz. I give him credit for that. B.J. Goodson, I saw him personally uh, playing against Miami, and, I mean, look, he's not unimpressive. He can play football, but, you know, he j- I, I just I don't I don't know what he what, where he, where he develops into. I've seen him get lost in coverage. I've seen him get you know lost in in the shuffle on on on, on, on running plays. I do like what they did with Darian Thompson. Darian Thompson is a guy who can you know pretty much uh, come in and, and right away and be a compliment to Landon Collins playing more of that free safety position. Paul Perkins is a solid running back. I don't know if they needed to take one. Because of all the because of the depth at running back, but I mean he's got the talent to be at, at the very least, you know, a, a good complement to Rashad Jennings, and Jarrell Adams in the sixth round I think is tremendous value. Uh, he's got this, the speed to stretch the field up the seam, and he's he's actually a very good black and tight end um, coming out of South Carolina. So um, he reminds me a lot of uh, Jared Cook, who also went to South Carolina. Um, so I mean we'll see. The later picks kind of uh, took the bad taste out of my mouth with the Eli Apple pick, but again, I just I I really these these picks need to hit because Jerry Reese is gonna be fired if these if they don't. Okay, so I want to get you. This is actually the last question. Who out of all the picks in the NFC, which which of those players is going to be the biggest impact like this year? Like this is not the player that you have to wait a couple of years for. I'm talking about from week one will make an impact on their team in the NFC? Um, my gut says Ezekiel Elliott because of the line that he's playing behind. And, you know, he's obviously one of the more talented running backs we've seen come, in, come out of college in a long time. Well, not a long time, but since uh, since Adrian Peterson. So that's, pro- that's probably what, like, what I want to go with. But don't sleep on Sheldon Rankins and Vernon Hargraves. New Orleans and uh, Tampa made solid, solid draft picks. And I think Noah Spence for Tampa is a beast right off the he, he has a chance with uh, with that uh, with that defense to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. All right. Well, we'll definitely see how it goes. Uh, Stan, always, as always, you are the correspondent with the most when it comes to the NFL here for Keep It A Real Sports. Uh, thank you, as always. No, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Dr. Say my name, say my name, if no one is around you, say baby, I love you, you ain't one in game. Say my name, say my name, you acting kind of shady, ain't calling me baby, why the sudden change? Say my name, say my name, if no one is around you, 
say, baby, I love you if you ain't running game. Say my name, say my name. You acting kind of shady, ain't calling me baby. Better say my name. The other day, I would call, you would say, baby, how's your day? But today, ain't it the same? Every other word is a huh, yeah, okay. Could it be that you are at the crib with another lady? If you took it there, first of all, let me say, Soundcast FM, and obviously I'm about to wrap things up for today's show. But I got this was actually a very interesting thing that just crossed on uh, TMZ, and, and now a, a couple of other networks are starting to uh, run this. The infamous history, the infamous secret 
that everybody's been wondering if they were going to do this, and they actually are going to do this. It's official. There will be a Space Jam 2, and it will star LeBron James. Yes, LeBron James is going to start him. He's going to be a star of Space Jam 2. It's going to be interesting to see how they're going to do this. Obviously, Michael Jordan was the one that starred in the original Space Jam 20 years ago. And it's going to be Justin Lin, who, you know, best known as a director for the Fast and Furious series. He's going to be the director of this, this film. There, I don't think there is a uh, word in terms of when it's going to be expected in theaters, but it's official. This is breaking news. And uh, obviously, I was hearing about this first from the Keep It A Real Sports cor correspondents. They were uh, chiming in on this. I'm reporting it now, and TMZ is reporting it as well, that it will be a Space Jam 2 starring LeBron James. And I'm going to actually wonder about this because it's not like LeBron is coming in with the best image known to man to be able to play this role. And you got to remember, like, at the time, Michael Jordan was beloved. No matter what you know about his gambling or whatever, he was loved back in 1996. So I'm interested to see how this story is going to take place. Will it have anything to do with his return to Cleveland? I hope that's what part of the uh, – what part of the story is going to be but i'm actually gonna i'm actually gonna see this i'm gonna be excited because it is something as a kid you know your childhood you thought about how they were going to do a sequel to this it was one of those films that it wasn't really like a great movie in terms of acting let's be honest michael jordan wasn't the best actor in the world but it was iconic for the time and the live action effect with your favorite looney tune characters bugs bunny you know, Daffy Duck, it, it was just that type of film that you're going to remember forever since you're, you know, your childhood. So it's official. It's going to be LeBron James. It's going to be Space Jam 2, and it should be coming out very soon. I'm actually excited about that. And uh, what a way for me to, you know, to go out and uh, really think about this. You're talking about there possibly, you know, being so many different athletes in it. Like, you got to think maybe Dwayne Wade's going to get a part. Carmelo Anthony's going to get a part. It's going to be just like when Jordan had Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley. Should be fun. But that's uh, breaking news as we uh, sign off today. want to thank everybody for listening. This is uh, Sports Social with Ed Easton. Catch us next time, same place, same time, here on Soundcast FM. Hey, the Duke.